my brother Matt. <laughs> well, welcome to uh, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the show, man. I uh, I've been a big fan of you as a human being for since I, I kind of met you. I can't remember how back when that was, but ever since then, I kind of always really enjoyed talking with you. Really enjoyed our conversations, and I can't wait to hear about this. So thanks for coming on the show. Today. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I no think problem. it was in. Uh, it would have been in. I started in two thousand nine. I think that's where we met at YMCA yes. Camp Falcona. Yes. So I started in two thousand nine. And I don't know if you were there that year or maybe the year after in 2010, but it's somewhere around there. Yeah, I think it was 2010 or 2011. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll get into that. But um, kind of take us through your transition, just so everyone gets a feel for who you are and what you do. Take us through your transition from well, life after high school, like transition leaving to kind of where we are now. Yeah, so uh, I guess I st after high school, I did the typical... Uh, or the typical route that I thought at the time was to go to university. So I, I went to Wilfrid Laurier University, um, was going to major in uh, political science because uh, I like to argue and I like to, <laughs> you know, have spirited debates and stuff. And I sort of spirited thought that that, that that was sort of the program best meant for me. Uh, but I only did uh, two years there. And after two years, I just felt it wasn't, wasn't for me. I wasn't enjoying myself there. I didn't see what I was going to accomplish at the end of it. So yeah. uh, after two years, I left, uh, took a year off, uh, worked, did some traveling. Nice. And then in that time, um, figured out that I, I wanted to go and try and be a paramedic. So after that, I uh, went to uh, Conestoga College, did some pre-health, did some upgrading. Nice. And then uh, after that, applied around... Cambrian College, which was in Sudbury, which is where nice. I was working in the summers. I was That's working perfect. there with you. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I accepted there, and then I went there for my for my primary care paramedic uh, diploma, which mm -hmm. uh, which is a two-year program, and eventually led, led me to work here. Nice. Now, how important do you think it was for you taking those like pre-med, pre-health uh, courses to kind of set you up? Oh, super, super important. Um, in high school, I didn't think I was going to go down sort of a medical yeah. professional background, so I really didn't focus on uh, bi biology or physiology or any sort of those types of courses, so mm -hmm. I really didn't have the, the educational um, knowledge in place to sort of jump into a program like that, because the paramedic program, and wherever you go in the province, is two years currently right now, yeah. and it's a, it, there's a lot of... There's a lot of courses, a lot of knowledge that kind of gets compacted into that yeah. in two years, and so I needed I needed that pre-health program to sort of, you know, help me get the base knowledge so that I could then go into the program afterwards and oh, okay. then kind of be successful in that. So. Nice. Interesting. So what, um, real quick, when it comes to paramedics and their response time, right? I asked this because the one time as a lifeguard that I had to deal with a heart attack victim, when they showed up, they were very, not slow moving, but, well, probably for me it felt like they were slow moving, you know, doing compressions sure. to somebody, but what's the, I feel there's a misconception behind paramedics and their, when they come into a situation, their need to be very, 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 like, rushing. Yeah. Yeah, no, you don't. You don't approach. Yeah, you don't want to rush. Uh, it's you want to present 
you want to convey calmness to the situation. Yeah. You don't want to, if you're rushing, if you seem panicked, if you seem um, like you don't have control of the situation, then that's going to, then people around you, people in that situation, whether it's family, yeah. whether it's, you know, uh, lifeguards, yeah. uh, you know, like you, it's going to make them feel like the situation is not in a sense of control and mm -hmm. you're not managing it well, you're not, you know, able to to present that sort of sense of calmness there. So really it's it helps us to sort of go in slowly and see what's see what the situation is, what things do we need to prioritize first. Yeah. You know, if if it's a cardiac arrest, right, we're we're going in there, we wanna check to make sure that there's see if there's a pulse. If not, yeah. then we're gonna go start doing compressions. Or we're gonna get you know, the lifeguards start doing compressions. Yeah. We're going to start managing the airway. We're going to start, you know, putting the pads on, making sure that, you know, yeah. see if we can shock if we're, if that's okay. a possibility there. So it, the, con the, the calm nature is important to sort of managing yeah. those types of situations. Okay. It sounds like that is the whole need of what they need to convey is that control of the situation because the last line of defense yeah, it feels, well, it feels that way, or yeah. at least in the public. Cert, cert, certainly, in an out of hospital, pre-hospital mm -hmm. situation, we yeah. are we are the you know the front line yeah. first responders, um, you know, providing you know medical care to people before they get to hospital. So mm -hmm. we have to be able to deal with it, any situation as it's presented to us, um, and be able to to get them to definitive care, which is, you know, typically at the emerged department. Yeah. Okay, it's just keeping them going as long as, until you get there, I guess. Yeah, exa yeah. exactly. Yeah, and, and I mean, we can do a lot of things, you know, depending on what the what the situation is, you know, we have our, our cardiac monitor, yeah. we can do 12 leads, we can do defibrillation, we can start IVs, we can, you know, um, provide uh, lots of different medications depending on what our skill level is so i'm yeah. a primary care paramedic so there's a certain um level of care that i'm able to provide there's different oh interesting yeah yeah so huh. so within ontario and with within canada generally there's yeah. there's three levels of, of paramedic there's okay. a primary care paramedic which is what i am yeah. uh that's a typically a two-year program then there's an advanced care level yeah. uh, and that's another year of school and so uh you see, so within Sudbury, that's the level of care that we provide. So um, some paramedics are advanced care paramedics, and then the majority are primary care paramedics. Mm -hmm. My partner is a an advanced care paramedic, oh, so nice. she's able to provide more medications, do more invasive skills, mm -hmm. um, has a, a broader base of knowledge that she, yeah. that she brings to a call. So if certain scenarios present, then if it falls within her scope of practice, then she's able to... to manage those patients and and provide the care that they would typically receive in the emerge department. And then finally, yeah. I'm sorry, and then finally there's yeah. critical care paramedics. And those oh, are the yeah. paramedics that you see typically with orange. So yeah. you see them in the helicopter okay. or in the airplanes. So that's essentially an ICU uh, in a in a helicopter yes. or in an airplane. So it's intense. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No uh, no mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you try to minimize them yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Do you have any like kind of teachable moments that happened to you, whether it be in the field or in school? Moments that kind of stood out? Teachable moments? I mean, within within yeah. I think I think that a lot of the time people 
that get into paramedics or get into the career of paramedics or yeah. even the medical profession as a whole. I think the expectation maybe individually or yeah. is that you won't make any mistakes, right? And, yeah. and, and, and obviously the intent is to not make mistakes, but right. mistakes inevitably happen. Now, most of the time... Yeah. To it's human, right? Yeah, exactly. And so a lot of the times... They're small mistakes. They're they're not mistakes that you know yeah. have a detrimental outcome and stuff. Thank but you, yeah. but you're going to make mistakes, and the important thing is to be able to learn from those mistakes. Mm -hmm. And you know, you go through a call, and you know, and if if it was a busy call, mm -hmm. you know, you're doing lots of things. There's lots of you know, um, there's a high mental load. There's yeah. you're managing lots of different things, and so after a call, you might sit down with your partner. You might sit down with your colleagues and stuff, and you know, kind of run through, uh, I would have done this sooner, I would have done this afterwards, I would have yeah. prioritized this instead of prioritizing uh, that. Okay. And and that just comes with experience, and that just right. comes with, you know, being able to, to you know, grow in your career. Same as in school, right? Yeah. You know, I, I was far from a perfect student. Uh, yeah. Academics was something that I always struggled with mm. uh, when I... When I went to Cambrian, I did, it's a two-year program, but, uh, so I went through the first year, and then when I went into the third semester, which is second year, I had to repeat that part of it twice, because yeah. the course loads and the requirements were that you, you know, get a certain average in all of your courses, and if you didn't get it in one, then you weren't able to continue. So, there was a lot of pressure to, no, just, and, and of yeah. course, they want to maintain a certain level 100%, of proficiency right? and stuff, yeah. and so... You know, that was sort of like, that was the big struggle that I had when I was in school or sort of the yeah. the adversity that I had to go to overcome was yeah. being able to to get through the academic part because I knew I could do it. Right. But I just needed to get through the, the parts that I was struggling with in yeah. order to, to get into the career and then and then be successful. Oh. So, so now it's nice to be on the other side of that. <laughs> yeah. And that's... um. I wonder with that, um, in terms of the debrief, I found the benefit of doing a debrief, whether it be at the end of your work day or at the end of a call or at the end of like a session or something. Like I remember filling out a lot for a lot of different things. There's always like a, there's a, to there's a name, a goal, um, whether it be like a program, an activity, like swim lesson anything right and then there's always the main like core of what you're teaching or instructing mm -hmm. right and then there's the debrief and the debrief i found is something or reflection and whether people do that with themselves or with their partners or with um, yep. colleagues right i find the importance of it gets overlooked so much because it's something that oh you know oh, how was that for you oh it was good you know, but how important is that with the mental ha health aspect of being a paramedic because it sounds like a lot yeah right? front lines every day for sure and i think you know i think you're right debriefs are important they mm -hmm. happen in all different kinds of ways you yeah. debrief personally you know just sitting with yourself after a call you know mentally going over it for sure talking with your partner <laughs> talking with colleagues and stuff yeah. and then certainly in regards to mental health and stuff on those bigger calls on those more dynamic calls um yeah. Paramedic, paramedicine as a whole is uh, 
move, is moving in a better direction where mental health is being prioritized. Yeah. Um, debriefing after those kinds of big calls is important, so they have uh, actual teams that you know are our colleagues within the service that are trained in mental health uh, yeah. and trained in trained in debriefing to sort of take the crews or the people involved in those calls, take them aside, and yeah. sort of have a chat with them about how they thought the call went, how they're feeling, how yeah. they're doing. And they'll do that, you know, shortly after the call. They'll do that right. a few days after the call. They'll do that oh, cool. months months yeah. after the call. Because, you know, everyone's different. So you're not quite sure yeah. how everyone's going to feel after those types of calls. Some people deal with it just fine and others, you know, find it beneficial to be able to talk with somebody. Yeah. Now, that may not be immediately, but that could be, you know days or months down the line yeah how do you like how do you stay in touch with those people that have openly voiced issues that they have with with whether it be like just a ptsd for being involved in the incident or i'm sure there's programs right like well, what's that kind of like yeah so so within the city of Sudbury, we have the yeah. peer support network okay so the peer support network has a number of people like i said from uh, the paramedic department and from the fire department and yeah they work together and so you're able to sort of talk with, you know, colleagues that you're familiar with, who you feel comfortable with. Um, and the city also has uh, a psychologist on staff who, oh, nice. who they work with to, yeah. um, you know, provide us with support after those types mm. of calls. Um, and then obviously you have your friends and your colleagues who I think, mm -hmm. you know, probably a lot for a lot of people, that's who they they do a lot of debriefing too, and most comfortable to talk. Yeah, to yeah, and of course, family too. You know, um, yeah. people talk with, you know, their spouses, their friends, mm -hmm. you know, all that, those types of people, and and that's that's at least how how I've been able to do it and stuff. So that transitions well into my next uh, point of curiosity I have for you, Matt. Is how has the importance of having a strong family foundation at home? helped with the mental health aspect for you yeah well i think so for me it certainly helps yeah. uh, so i've been married to my wife kayla now for shout out to her <laughs> that's amazing right. yeah. who we who we met at camp we all know each other so we go back yeah. a long ways and stuff and so uh so yeah so kayla's been a huge support in that right i'm mm -hmm. able to talk with her um she's able to listen and you know take yeah. take in you know if i've had a bad day if you know if you know, I just need to vent or something like that. So mm. she's been great. Uh, you know, I've got my siblings and my parents and, uh, uh, you know, friends and yeah. my partner and stuff at work. So I've got lots of people that I'm able to sort of talk to and stuff. And it's good. It's important to be able to do that because, uh, you know, in order to, I want to have a long, you know, career yeah. in this. And so you have to be able to look after yourself physically, but also mentally as well. And, and so... Thankfully, in sort of today's age, it's the mental health aspect within mm -hmm. our profession is something that's more easily talked about. It's not something that's sort of just, you know, it, yeah. the sort of a strongman mentality and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's you're you're encouraged you, you're encouraged to be able to talk about it. You're encouraged to to seek help if you need it. And so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've got friends and colleagues that yeah. you know have, have struggled with that, and but they've gone out and sought that that it's support amazing. and stuff and it's then amazing. they're able to come back into the career and no be way. better for it yeah that's great yeah yeah it's great that it can that that kind of experience and those kind of reactions can cause such a 
like a positive upswing. It's not like, oh, well, they're going through this, and then there's no, like, where do we go from here? Well, nobody's all, people are still looking at you as, oh, well, you're that guy who went through this, or this is how you felt. It's like, no, oh, he can actually come back and be trusted, which oh, is really cool. For sure, yeah, and absolutely. Thing, like, yeah. I would never have any doubts of any of my colleagues coming yeah. back and, you know, whether or not they're able to no, do absolutely. the job and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's... It, it takes a lot. It's a lot, you know, you are asked to sort of go into, you know, really unusual situations or really high stressful, you know, high stress situations. And so, you know, yeah. you got to be able to, to take some time to step back and talk about it or to work through it. However, whatever that process is for, for each sure. individual. So, I still remember when... There was maybe five or six of us in um, involved in this rescue, and with the heart attack. And there was um, I remember post um, like a week later, sorry, post um, situation or post rescue, and the amount of people that reached out to us just to see if we like how we were doing. I can't, I know this was in Ottawa when this happened, where mm -hmm. this happened, but it still felt very very like unique and interesting that they had such a solid system i don't know how some of them got my number and they're like hey we're from blah 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 blah. we heard about this i'm like you're from where yeah hold on yeah. a second that was a lot of words and a lot of vowels and it was like we're from uh, the q r l a p d thing and we're here to help you and i'm like all right we'll see sure you know yeah, cool. yeah. you're probably just doing your thing but to my point, it's or to your points are that's I think that's huge that those systems are in place and that they're probably now more than ever easily accessible. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Huge. Yeah, no, and and I mean, and they're looking to you know evolve those programs and make them mm -hmm. you know even more accessible. Not to say they're not accessible, but they're to make them more accessible to yeah. try different things. So you know, recently uh, the city has been uh, has looked into getting a um, a service dog for for the department as well so for both paramedics and firefighters and so they're in the process of training of training this dog no way. We, we just that's we, so cool we just saw right we just saw her at our uh, headquarters not too long ago so she just, she just got here so she's in the process of being trained and stuff like that but you know the idea is is you bring this this dog the service yeah. dog in on on those types of debriefs, right? Because, you know, some people might need some, yeah. you know, might find it easier to, to open up yeah. if there's, you know, yeah, if the right. animal's there, you know, That's and the so animal's cool. trained to sense when people are, are stressed as well. So, whoa. Yeah, it helps open up. That's so cool. It's a, it's a shame it's a girl because I was gonna say you should uh, put Glenn in as a as a name, but uh, you know whether that's a good idea. But uh, anyways, yeah. The next, so, the next one. Yeah, sweet. I uh, yeah we'll veto that one for now, but um, I'm sure they'll listen and be like, wow, all right, we're not gonna do that just to spite you. But you know, teach your own. So with that, I remember there was um, the guy who kind of was like a psychologist for like the fire, like the EMS. He was the EMS psychologist chief or whatever okay. yeah, some crazy title yeah i was like oh man this so, is in ottawa yeah yeah so some shorter guy comes in um nice mustache and he was like uh hey uh and he kind of explained to us just kind of how debriefs of situations like this work and like what kind of kind of reactions we can almost expect to have which almost psyched me out more because i was more i was so i went from that's ah, fine to now i'm 
on edge, always anxious, waiting for what might happen. Yeah. Like I'm waiting for a bad thing to happen. And I was kind of living like, you know, you drop a coin on the ground and freaking I'm like, like mm. so that almost had an opposite effect on me, but we got through it. And uh, the guy I remember mentioning, he's like, he's like, it's great that nobody froze, but he's like, I remember when one of my kids was choking, he froze and wasn't able, and his wife ended up having it. And I'm like, no way. Sure. Sure. So I found that out, and I was like, "Oh, that's really interesting story." When I mean, when but, it's when it's your own kids, all yeah, bets are off. I, I'm sure I'd be the same yeah, way. If something that's like never that happened to me. Right? Not no, it hasn't yeah, okay. happened. Hasn't happened to me Good yet. Stuff. So I Good mean, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You don't say. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's. It's good. It's good that they that they came in. And they you know talked to you guys about that. I mean, I try not to. For me personally, I don't try and overanalyze myself yeah. after a call. I think that if I think that the people around me would probably be the ones to notice if there was a change in me. Like you know, whether yeah. it be you know you know Kayla or whether it be you know my colleagues at work, mm-hmm. if they notice something that I wasn't picking up on, they, they would say something to me and I, and I would obviously kind of then look at that yeah. introspectively and, and then do what I need to do, reach out and right. go through the necessary yeah. steps. I don't want to, but I don't, I agree with you. I don't want to overanalyze every situation because yeah. some, you know, not every call bothers me. Not every call is something right. that some do, some don't. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Nature exactly. A lot of the times it's, it's sort of, it progressively builds up over yeah. years, right? So it's it's good to you know do a an internal check every mm-hmm. every so often sure. and stuff. But now, what I'm curious is, what are some kind of common misconceptions people have about paramedics? Something you've heard in public. Common right? misconceptions. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I mean, the biggest one is probably that we're that we're just ambulance drivers. I know that that's <laughs> that's. That's the big one that, yeah. everyone, that everyone always says and stuff. And I think, you know, the the profession has not been around as long as a lot of other professions. I know that, yeah. you know, if you're a firefighter that's been around for, you know, 100, 200 years, you know, police have been around for a long time. Paramedicine, as we know it today, has only been around for 40, 50 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, okay. I mean, and, and to be fair, we show up on scene, we package people up. You know, and then and then we're gone. We're not staying around. So right. it's people don't get a real opportunity to see what it is that we do, except yeah. in those sort of those brief moments that we're you know yeah. in their home or or ne- with them next to their vehicle or or whatever the yeah. situation might be. So I think you okay. know the understanding of what it is that we can do because a lot of times we'll show up on scene and people want us to to quickly rush people off to the hospital, but we sort of have to. You know, we just tell them politely that, you know, mm-hmm. listen, we have things that we need to do. We're going to stabilize these people. We're going to do, you know, some of the same things yeah. that they would have done in the emerge department, but yeah. do it before they get there so that they're nice. able to get that care yeah. before before they get to the emerge department. So, nice. That's definitely, um, yeah, I could see that being a big one. I've, I've heard, like, door caps about that kind of thing, but I've never... I also know a hand like a few of you guys, right? Yeah. So I yeah. know I know that's not the case. You know, I've seen sure. you guys do. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've done enough research to understand kind of what it is. Um, but how smooth is the process typically for a paramedic student to go from graduating to getting a job? 
from graduating to getting a job, I, I mean, I mean, it's certainly competitive. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure that it's a bit easier right now, given the the context of yeah. of, of how things are. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's certainly competitive. Mm -hmm. uh, there's there's lots of uh, there's lots of graduates every year that are looking for for jobs. There's only yeah. so many jobs that are being offered. So I mean, it is it is competitive. It took me. Uh, I graduated in June of 2017, nice. and I didn't get hired with Sudbury until May of 2018. So for me, I had oh, yeah. I had a I went through a couple hiring processes. I went through a hiring process with Sudbury. I went through one with Manitoulin Island down south where I'm from. I went through a bunch down there, Toronto and Guelph and Waterloo, mm -hmm. all those kinds of places. And oh, nice. and there's different stages to the interview process. So sometimes. Yeah you make it past the first stage and you get to the other stages as well. And sometimes just based on the sheer number of people yeah. applying is it's just the nature of the beast. And yeah. so, uh, it took me about a year to get hired on, nice. uh, here, which I'm happy I did. Cause it's obviously yeah. where I live, where I went Less to school and stuff. Strenuous times. Start, yeah. Starting, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, we're moving new house, new people, new friends, uh, new, and new job. That's right. That's right. Smoother. So, uh, so I was lucky I got hired on here and, and uh, I see myself working here for my career and nice. so but uh yeah it, it takes it sometimes it depends on how willing you are to apply to different services i know that if you're applying down south it can be quite competitive yeah, more so competitive than it may be the farther north that you go but mm. uh is great so Sudbury has nice. a lot of it's a nice area where you're you've got sort of an urban yeah uh an urban type call like you have a lot of uh, that kind of stuff, and then you also have the rural aspect as well, you yeah. know. So you get a lot of bit of, a bit of everything. Bit of everything. Yeah, that's cool. So Matt, switching gears a little bit, um, I have a handful of well, a plethora, let's call it, of memories, whether it be of you or with you, right? And now we can go down memory lane in a minute, but I have one that kind of was my first and only really experience I ever had or memory I have of you where you responded to a situation. Now, you're going to be like, what? You remember this? So I know you do. <laughs> so I can't remember the day, can't remember the time. I know it was my first year working on staff. And towards the end of the summer, I don't know if it was, I think it might have been banquet night or right before or something, close to the end of the summer, let's say, uh, late summer, early fall. And a boat. Yeah, yeah. Flew up on shore. Yeah. And there's a person unconscious yeah. in the boat. Yeah, yeah. I was pulled away along with a lot of other people. I was one of the people being like, all right, I guess late in the summer, taking all the kids away and stuff and like making sure nobody was really around. Everybody crowded up in the dining hall together. And you and like one or two other people were there. Tell me that experience from your uh, perspective. I mean, I look back on it, I do remember it, and I remember, yeah, uh, a father was, I think, fishing with his son, and yeah. and I think his <coughs> son had a seizure, I think that was the, that was what his father had yeah. said that he, he witnessed and stuff, and so, I mean, certainly a serious, you know, something serious, yeah. and, uh, you know, I think, I look back on it now, I look at it from the perspective of as a working paramedic and I probably, yeah. you know, I was not calm and collected as I probably wish I, you know, or as I would like to be now that I'm 
working and stuff. But it's yeah. you know you see that kind of stuff and you're it's it's foreign, right? You don't see it very often. You're not you know at the time you're not quite sure what you should or shouldn't be doing. Mm. And uh, I think, but we I think at the time we you know obviously called nine one one and and you know they made the the long trek up the the camp road there and Ugh. and. Ugh. And they were able to, you know, I think by the time by the time the paramedics got there, which is a lot of the time, you know, the case is uh, the the son was, you know, alert, walking around, you know, nice. was okay at the time, but yeah. needed to be assessed at, at hospital sure. and stuff. And, sure. you know, but I think uh, for me, th- those types of situations where uh, were sort of catalyst and mm-hmm. reminders of sort of why I wanted to you know, get into paramedicine, why I wanted to, to do this career was because, you know, I found it interesting. I wanted to, you know, I personally wanted to be able to, to do more and have the knowledge to do more. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when I, when I was at university as well, they had their, a lot of universities have their emergency response teams, yeah. right? And you, you typically respond to, to drunk students and, you know, standard. That, that, that standard stuff. Right? Yeah. And, and again, those are all experiences that sort of, mm-hmm. you know, pushed me or inspired me to sort of want to continue on yeah. and to do uh, this kind of work. So, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And I think that was just before, just before I went to school, maybe the year before. So, you know, it was, it was just one of those things that was like, yep. Yeah, this is why like this is why young. I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think I was 20 I'm 31 right now, so I th- I think I was 22 or 23 when I when I went to school there. Oh, yeah. Geez. Yeah. So, okay. Man. That's cool. That's cool. I was really uh really curious about that one. Um <laughs> so kind of oh, let's give some context to everybody uh, watching and listening, the two of you. Um <laughs> one of them is Married to him, the other one gave birth to me. All right. Now, with that being said, let's move on. Um, I found the way, let's say, we started, I met you, like you said, I think 2010 or something. You were the food service manager, correct? That's the term. A glorified title for for a cook. (laughs) It's a lot of words. Yeah. But it looks pro. Um, So I think... Over the course of, and I'm sure somebody will message me about this, but um, whatever. I um, I felt you were the only one who had their NLS that I remember being a food service manager in the eight years I worked on staff. Um, one of them with you, I think one or two? Oh, probably one. Yeah, I think it was just one. We worked on staff together? No, I think we worked together... I was there. For, I was there for three years as the cook, and then I was there. I was there for one year. Oh as yeah, the yeah, assistant director. yeah. That was um, no, that was my. Uh, I think we worked together for like two or three years. I thought it was no, because I volunteered for one year when you were the assistant. Yeah, that was yeah. It's all the same thing. Yeah, there's, you weren't getting paid. That's yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the only difference. Was paid an experience, right? One of those that's unpaid right. interns. That's right. For 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 not much more of a paying job. Yeah, I know, dude. Yeah. It's so bad, but it's a downside because I think the importance of like you were asking me earlier off air like the importance of like about the podcast but i think the importance of having a summer camp atmosphere where there's kind of there's like the whole thing felt like just kind of moderately structured sure and that could like just play time like kind of moderately structured free time like here's our options pick what you kind of feel like you would enjoy the most 
and then you kind of get molded together with people who are similar like minded or like you and you kind of get to see different types of people whether it be like low income people or non low income people or competitive people with sports and people who would rather do crafts right yeah it's a really cool like environment and stuff but what i want to know okay <laughs> this is more putting me on the spot than it is you um plus it's my show right so i don't <laughs> i'm doing it myself but um for my and everybody's entertainment and my knowledge um what are some of your memories of uh younger Glenn that kind of stand out to you that I think I, that people think uh, younger Glenn of, I, I mean I don't out. know if there's much difference between younger Glenn and, <laughs> and current Glenn Glenn, Glenn that I that I remember that I worked with I mean you were just you were a ball of energy you you had yeah, so fair. much energy yeah. that you were trying to you know put towards different things I think that like I th it's totally understandable sort of why you were drawn to sort of that camp environment because yeah. you know fair. You need a lot of energy to work to work in those environments All and stuff. The energy, yeah. So I think I mean, uh, yeah, like lots of energy, driven. Uh, you know, you were certainly one of the staff. Uh, you know, there's lots of great staff that we worked with, but uh, you know, certainly yeah. the one that you were always trying to you know be better, do better. To you know, if you could help out. You know, me yeah. or you could help out other staff members or campers and stuff like that. You were always willing to do that. So that was sort of mm -hmm. my, you know, memories and positive memories of, you know, sort of our time together. So <laughs> Amazing. So um, what was cool I found was something you mentioned. Um, so it's funny. My favorite thing from my memories of whether it be Falcone or Campfire or camp would be Campfires, right? Whether it be... Like just participating in them, hosting them, creating themes around them, and man, I wish I wish you would have worked there years, or even just swung by for a couple campfires. Because I remember specifically the one year, I think it was the first year I was on staff. Correct me if I'm wrong. And you put out like an open thing when you, yeah, because you're assistant director yeah. for a second year, yeah, yeah. and for uh, year, yeah. you and um, you said if anybody wants to like take responsibility of hosting a campfire, like come up to me and like let's go and so i remember taking you aside in between program and lockerbie and being like yo uh, i kind of want to figure this out yeah yeah, yeah. I yeah see how this goes and i'll be honest yeah. with you the reason i put i did that was because i didn't want the responsibility of hosting or doing anything like that if anybody uh, knows me that's not my uh that's not my bread and butter so yeah. better to leave it to somebody who's, who's more willing and able to do it so perfect so <laughs> I almost don't like knowing that, but I kind of knew as well. Uh, it just wasn't me. <laughs> uh, but what was it? I um, I had heard so many ridiculous things about different campfires and how they progressed over the years that I was so drawn to doing that. And when I finally started, that kind of opened the door for me hosting it. Because the last summer that the camp was open, the last campfire that took place, my brother Neil and I hosted it together. And we did another know. another another counselor with a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it must be yeah, whatever. It must lot. be what's in the food there. That's it's got to be. Yeah, well, it definitely was uh, for the years prior to your assistant director <laughs> time. But that's right. I think you also made the most amount of money in that position ever. But that's a that's, well, that's a yeah. That's from that's for, that's yeah. good negotiating skills. <laughs> yeah, that's a shout out to Ethelston. <laughs> yeah, shout out to him, man. He uh, good guy. So I thought. That was really cool, and a lot of the time, 
looking back on it, kind of the things that I was known for in a weird way in this, like in the small world that is camping was, um, especially at Falcone and the subway stuff, it was yeah. campfires. And then when I found, when I left, um, all the campers really liked that every single morning, whether I would do announcements, not, I wouldn't do anything in the morning. I would, I, I don't care about the little birdie song that walks everybody. I don't care to sing that. So I'm like, I'm going to have the least amount of enthusiasm towards these things. And I'm going to make it obvious. Like I'll do like the basic level. Oh, just yeah. so people yeah, are like, yeah. why is Glenn doing nothing? He's the cool guy. We're going to do exactly what he, no, you can't have that. Right, Matt? So with that being said, I, um, I remember walking in and, and I remember what every kid was like, yo man, Glenn does this thing every morning. I'd say good morning Falcona and they would say good morning Glenn and it was music to my ears. <laughs> so the two things, that and campfire, I started, one because I was like, you know what I like when Matt does this, I'm going to do it every year sure. after yeah, yeah. and I did it and it killed yeah. every time. So every time I did it, I was like... <laughs> Shout out to the guy with the red hat that flipped inwards. Oh my god! Was, I should have. Yeah. I should have looked for that. I should have yeah, tried to no, find that, that hat. Amazing. God. <laughs> Hang it up. <laughs> you, you, I think it said rat on. I think it's <laughs> obvious. Did you buy it in auction too? That's right. I think some. I think that's we raised money for the strong, the strong, kid, strong, yeah. strong, why strong kids or strong, yeah, strong kids strong foundation. Kids, yeah. Anyway, the Somebody foundation run by children, the wider. Yeah. So. uh yeah, and uh, I think we all just brought personal objects that we just didn't want anymore. So. And, yeah. and so, you know, the little bit of the small amount of money we were being paid, we <laughs> would spend it all in one night and on things that we didn't need. Or... Oh, man. The best, so the best thing I ever bought on in an auction for Strong Kids was when I was staff at Wanakita. And, they, and the YMCA of Halliburton, the COO or whatever, donated two tickets to Macklemore featuring Kesha. And I was like, screw it, <laughs> I'm going. It was the only thing I spent money on. And I was making like 600 bucks a week. 600 yeah, a week? as like Holy a section director. God. And I know some of them will watch this and be like, oh, I, was this making, I was only making 500 is. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> it would, uh, I was a bit older though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Age. yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so that was, that was really fun. But um, that was the best thing. But I remember you also, another thing that I kind of got really into that it was auctioneering. Yes. And I was like, every year you did that. And then I just kind of was like, without knowing, took the baton from you or took the torch from you and just kind of kept, kept it lit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Going. So yeah. Everything that you, that you kind of, you inspired the things that I was most <laughs> recognized for, Matt. How does that make you feel? <laughs> Loud rowdiness part of that. <laughs> yeah. Yelling uh, good morning. And uh, that's about it. And then auctioneering. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I know. I mean, I loved that camp. I loved, you know, the four years that I got to spend working at, at Falcona. I mean, obviously, I've, met, you know, met people like you. Yeah. We've stayed friends for years. Just met my wife there. there, and Shut up so, there again. yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, uh, yeah, like it's 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 a great place where you're able to, you know, really just like I think the whole point of camp is you're able to sort of disconnect and step back and enjoy mm -hmm. the outdoors, and and I mean. A lot of times, these days you don't get certain, that same opportunity all the time, and mm. so yeah, I know I have nothing but fond memories of of that place. Speaking of which, do you happen to have um, some favorites 
Like, do you have, like, a few that stand out to you? And they don't have to be, um, Kayla-related, either. Like, actually, if you have any that aren't <laughs> Kayla-related, because <laughs> I was like, you know, there's probably, like, yeah, yeah, the yeah. top 20. Oh, man. Uh... I mean, well, you kind of mentioned them there. I think the auctions and stuff like that that we did at camp were a lot of fun. I, I actually just think about this now. The food challenges. You remember those food challenges that we used, that we used to do? That was so, so stupid. I love it. <laughs> I mean, oh, we probably we probably shouldn't be advertising this, but I'm. But hey, it's closed that's, now. Right? That's right. It is closed. If they so were I'm, open, I'm not I wouldn't have brought it up. Yeah. I remember that if, as a way of not punishing, but if you needed a, if you needed a bit of you know. Uh, redirection. <laughs> redirection. We would, we would put together some sort of slop or slurry or whatever, just a mix of all different kinds Disgusting. of. Disgusting. You know, the entire yeah. point of it was to make you try to make you, yeah. you know, sick. <laughs> and and I don't know what we put in that stuff, but it was just you couldn't pay me enough money to do it. But I remember no. you you loved to to try and take on the challenge of. There were a few that there I. There were a few yeah. that you were willing to do. I remember that being, you know, that was that was awesome. Yeah. And then there was also the um, the brown rock swim. Remember the yeah, brown rock you got to rip the pontoon with the, with the boat, and with stuff the captain's like that? hat, and everything. Right. I lived that. Uh, hat. That was your favorite thing. Yeah, I seen. had uh, the captain's hat, and you know, you get all the kids on there and, yeah. and push them off. And yeah. oh, so. you don't want to. Oh, you're crying. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah, we didn't I know, do that. but maybe not you. But you know. Yeah, not me. I didn't do that, but. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, awesome. I had a lot of good, a lot of good times there. I um, thinking back, I remember there's a handful of people that I thought <coughs> were just absolutely outrageous when it came to. Here's my thing. Before I get into that, you nobody was had a gun in your head to do these, but everybody seemed to do it. Nobody just like I easily could have been like, nope. <laughs> yeah, fair you enough. You can't make me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then nobody did. I never, nobody, I never found anybody doing that, which I thought was really entertaining because like they just kind of. It was so much peer pressure, right, from all these, like, think about it. Well, these first, like, young, influential staff were, like, barely, barely, like, just turned teenagers, let yeah, alone adults, yeah, right? Yeah, Pre-adults yeah. in that weird phase, right? Like, we got something on our lip, but not enough facial hair to shave that thing. That's right. You know no, I, mean? I, I still can't grow yeah. anything, so. That's okay. At least it doesn't all come out together. And so, That's right. Right? At least it's not just this, like Neil. But, um, basically, um... I found nobody could force you to do those, but still doing them was just absolutely ridiculous. And I remember there being, there's probably two people that, there are a couple moments in food challenge history, let's call it, Matt. And I think um, one of them was, I remember specifically the watermelon eating contest at the end of, um, I think it was Survivor Week. Yeah. The, the one year. But I remember... I'm gonna give a shout out to Draven because I think he's like probably the most epic Draven. food challenge competitor yeah, yeah, yeah. I've ever seen in my life, and he's the small, like the thinnest human being of all time. And I was like, this dude eats, and it was yeah. crazy. And I remember, I think it was that year. It was there's food waste you're doing right, and so it was whatever your food waste, the one plate of food waste weighed at the end it was X amount of points, whatever, right? I remember. My brother taking ten pieces of toast, cutting, <laughs> biting a hole out of the middle of all, and 
like would jam like a volcano and then not eating one bite there was, of it. There was also the uh, Draven just having to eat it. Do you remember the water uh, the water challenge too? Like the water bucket challenge. It was during Survivor Week, and you guys and divide up into two teams. There, we eventually we got some oh yeah brand new, some brand new garbage pails, and yeah, they were like, they were essentially like eighty liters, yeah. eighty liters <laughs> of water, and the whole the whole th you had to see how much you could drink by the end of the oh, week. Oh yeah, and you only had a straw you had to a, do it. You only had a straw to do it and stuff. And man, it was that was that was probably the most painful to watch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's I mean. Just sock hole in the oh. straw, all the water, all the week, all week. But just garbage. There was, there was that one, so and then and then and then you know what? Some people had some fun at my expense. There was, uh, oh. there was the color, the yeah. color challenge that they that you guys had. It was, it was like, pay me red, pay me blue. But it that's was right. You. That was right. You guys yeah. and all the staff members chased me around for probably an, an hour. hour. Yeah, half hour. And it was and it wasn't like just trying floor. to like it wasn't like light down. It got like, violent, it, man. It got violent. It got there violent. Was, <laughs> <laughs> there were some. There were some elbows thrown. There oh, was yeah. some, you know, I think I... You, you were whipping sand at us, Matt. I was... You uh, were whipping... We I got was, out of the water in the front. At the waterfront, you are just whipping I sand. Was an unwilling oh, no. I was an unwilling participant. <laughs> I wasn't... I didn't volunteer for this for this post. But, uh... And I think eventually, I was able to... To somehow get a head start and get onto a boat. And, and I eventually just went out to the middle of the lake and... <laughs> And waited to the end till the end of time there, but I but I remember there was a lot of uh, nobody was left unscathed. I was colored. Oh, yeah, I had bruises. Got... Other people had you know bruises and skin marks oh, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So it was it was bad. Those were good. It was that, that was a lot of fun. I was looking back on that. I I did these. I did. I was the victim for my second last year, right? And the whole thing. I think it was program manager for the week and. Excuse me. Basically, what happened is, I was the same person. I was. It was paint me Glenn or paint Glenn red, paint Glenn blue instead of paint Matt red, paint Matt blue. But I wish you could have seen it because it was. I kind of took the same strategy approach, but I messed up. I got arrogant, and I remember Rob kind of influencing me. He's like, "You should." He's like, "He said something about Spartacus or somebody," and he was like, "They were just yelling freedom." And yeah, just yeah, hitting yeah. their chest. I don't know what that was from. <laughs> So I, I think that's I think that's Gladiator. That might be yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. I got to brush up on my uh, my movie uh, trivia, but I basically took this big blue blowhorn and I was just like, like right outside of the ADOC, and everybody was just like riled up. And so I'm like, okay, I'm like, here we go. Okay, I got to do this. I had my life jacket on. I had my like my my shoes, whatever. And I was like, okay, here we go. They gave up when I hit land and just was like, I'm going to run. Yeah. And like, you know, was, there were a few women in the first one and a few like slower men in the next. So there, I was just like, I'm going to book it and good luck. So I was on the water and I remember getting arrogant paddling and kind of, I, I got my boat tipped. So they tipped my boat. Yeah. Which I should have done what you done and just bailed, right? <laughs> you paddled 15 <laughs> minutes one way out of the island. And it was like a kilometer and a half offshore. Epic. And I remember... I'm in the water, treading water, and they're all next to me. And every time they dab me, I go under, and I'm taking their bingo dabbers, and I'm just hawking them, so it's, which you did. And um, I remember <laughs> it, you could only use bingo dabbers. That was yeah. the one thing that I was like, okay. Yeah. This chick, Shayna, she took out a long, thin um, red Crayola marker and just started <laughs> having at me. And I remember not being able to hear out of my left ear for like three days afterwards and i was like no way is this it and i was throwing sand at them whatever i was doing the whole thing i should have paid more attention to your run 
I should have ta- taken better notes, but that's a. Uh, that's on me. You just get onto the you get onto the boat and you just yeah. go. You make you make a run for freedom. I had uh, more of an ego issue when I was the one doing it. <laughs> I was like, uh, you've always been rather humble, whereas uh, myself at the time was not as much. So we all go through that. We all go through that phase, right? <laughs> yeah, you went significantly younger than I did, but that's okay. Eventually, right? So I thought that was interesting. But um, do you have any? kind of experiences from that time that just taught you overall like a life lesson that you learned from your time working there in like the summer camp outdoor center kind of industry from your eyes uh i mean i think uh i guess i guess really sort of just we put in we put in long like your your day was never nine to five right you were you were on for from essentially twenty four seven, but really from like six in the morning till twelve o'clock at night. At least that's how it looks kind of my days operated and stuff. Pretty much, and, yeah. And I mean, so I I think it just sort of instilled, you know, the importance of hard work and uh, you know, you know, being able to put in put the time in to mm. to get the job done and do and, and do it well. Yeah. Um, it wasn't for you know. I mean, you're working at camp. It's not for it's not for the money. It's not for no. It's not for the glory of it's it. Stuff. Be it's because you. you it's because yeah. you. You enjoy doing it. And so mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, I certainly do the job that I do now because I enjoy it. Because I enjoy mm-hmm. going to to work every day. I yeah. enjoy the people that I that I work with. Um, and so I think that that's sort of, you know, if you're able to find that uh, in life, whatever mm-hmm. that is, uh, at the time camp was was what that was. Uh, yeah. and then now obviously being able to, to do the job that I do, uh, is, is, you know, you know, fulfills, yeah. fulfills, you know, uh, you know, a purpose yeah. for me outside of being, you know, you know, a husband and a father and, mm-hmm. you know, a friend and a brother and stuff. So, yeah. So do you have like an experience that you went through that kind of cultivates who you are today? That you can think of. I mean, not. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say there's there's one yeah. there's one experience. I, I just say that it's a combination of lots of experiences. Uh, I think that the you know the the experiences that I had, you know, going to university and going through college and struggling through through those two mm-hmm. were sort of probably the. the biggest defining you know uh, moments that i would probably have in have yeah. recently uh it's it's challenging when you're young i think that like a lot i think that's what a lot of people yeah you know have trouble with is finding out what's for them and if it's sort of the right the right choice or the right path like <clears throat> when i was in high school they, they certainly talked about college but i had no sort of i had to go out and figure out how do I become a paramedic? Mm-hmm. It was never something that was, you know, as talked about as you know going to going to university. So mm-hmm. for a long time, I thought that that was what the path to success looked like. Right. And so, you know, it took a long time to sort of, you know, be okay with that not necessarily being the path right now. I still want to go to university. I still want to get a degree. It's just it's not going to be in that typical. I'm going to go do it right after high school, and then after you know. I get my degree. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go and get, 
you know, my path has had a bit more, you know, curves the road, but that's, but that's the case for a lot of people. And it's mm -hmm. just sort of, I think, accepting that that's just how life is. Yeah. Um, I think once you're able to sort of accept that that's how life is, you find yeah. that, that life just is a bit more, it's a bit smoother in that sense, right? Yeah. Just take it as it comes and what's meant to be will be and what, you know, happens, happens. And you really have to just do what it's going to make you happy, right? So, yeah. yeah. How'd you come to that uh, conclusion? Like, what was that transition like? How'd I come to that conclusion? Um, you said you, you said it was like tricky in the beginning. I think it was just, I think, I think, I think you had to, I think what I ultimately is, I just had to, you know, acknowledge that this is what it's going to make me happy and not necessarily be worried about, you know, what is going to make others happy or, or what others or do what others expect of me. I, mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah, I think that was sort of just letting that go and then, and then it all kind of worked out. Yeah. Nice. So I think, um, with that being said, um, I want to thank you as we wrap up, um, for not just coming on the show, not just like, being a good friend, not just being like a inspirational, like father figure or even like man in general or career man, paramedic. Um, I want to thank you for every time in the camping world, specifically things that I look back on memories I have, um, in general of the years I've lived, a lot of them spawned regardless of your reason, the opportunity were given to me or presented because of you, like something you did. So thinking back on my fondest memories, whether it be campfires, whether you, know, whether you didn't want to do it or not, you, sure. I was like, okay, this is the opening, or this is the opportunity presented to me, let's make the most of it. And then with that, and just kind of how everything's fallen into place, I'm, uh, I'm grateful for uh, you coming on the show, and I'm grateful we were able to chat today. Right. So, right Thanks on. for having me. Thank you, bro. awesome. Right on.